0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Teacher Cast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and welcome to the Jeff Bradbury Show. If you're a blogger, author, speaker, consultant, anybody out there who's getting into the content creation realm, this is that podcast for you. And I am so thrilled today to have with me a good friend and my graphic designer talking all about how you guys can build your brand through graphics and images. But before we get to him and all the good stuff we're going to be talking about, I want to ask you guys, how you doing? How you doing out there? How are your brands? How's your newsletter? What's your website? I'd love to know what you guys are working on. Check out everything over at buildyouredubrand.com. If you haven't, we got a lot of great stuff. I just posted a keynote address that I presented a few weeks ago at the MeTech conference and talked all about how I've been helping my students at school build their brands, talks a little bit about my technology class, my my broadcast journalism class that I did last year. It was a really, really nice opportunity. And of course, we want to say thank you to everybody at MeTech. I had such a good time. My first virtual keynote. Uh, if you've never done one of those things, it's a lot different. It's a lot different than doing just regular Zoom calls so I'd love to hear from you guys about that. We're going to be talking a little bit about that on future episodes as we go through. And again, I want to say thank you guys for checking this out and making Teacher Cast your home for professional development. Today we're going to talk all about graphics. What does your graphics say about you? What does your graphics say about your brand? What does your graphics say to others that are catching you on social media? I want you guys to check out the rest of today's episode with one thing in mind. How many graphics do you have on your website how many logos do you have how many logos should you have we answer those questions all right now on the jeff bradbury show my guest today is a middle school assistant principal for north texas school district where he has an amazing opportunity to serve not only four campuses and two school districts but he's also the author of an upcoming book called aspire to lead And he also has an amazing podcast featured on the Teach Better Podcast Network. My good friend, Mr. Joshua Stamper. Josh, how are you today? Welcome to the Jeff Bradbury Show. Well, thank you, Jeff. It's an honor to be on your show, and I'm doing wonderful. It is so good to see you. So good to have you on. How are things in Texas these days? Nice and warm, just like we like it. (laughs) (laughs) As we're going through the year, you know, you and I have been talking about building brands, helping people move, Mm -hmm. uh, getting things in. And, and, you know, you are one of those guys that is always at the forefront of my mind of this looks perfect. This looks great. I'm so happy that you're here to talk about branding, talk about graphics, something that you have done for me many times. Of course, you're the guy that's created all of our podcast squares. Before we get into all of that stuff, tell the audience a little bit about who you are. Who is Josh Stamper? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes. So, right now, I'm an assistant sort at of middle school, but prior to that, um, where the graphics come in, as I was actually a graphic designer um, outside of college. I went to Bethel University in Minnesota, and after that, um, after I got my degree in, in art, I was a graphic designer for a actually a couple companies and did all of their advertising um, at that time. Um, but the economy crashed, and so my, my job was dissolved um, because everyone was hurting. And so um, from that point, I went back to school and got my teaching license to actually teach art. So I was an art teacher for six years, um, and I was a coach also um, at that time. And then that's when I kind of led into being an administrator. So totally a different route right now, but uh, I have the wonderful opportunity to still tinker with graphics with my Aspire podcast.
0: That's interesting. So you you had a full time non-EDU gig, and then you went back for education. Mm-hmm. Did you do the teaching license, stop, and then admin certificate? How what was all that like for you?
1: No, so yeah, I wasn't expecting to go into education. I was a terrible student growing up, so I I wanted to run away from the school. And it's funny, I actually went back to um, be a coach. That was my main. Um, reason going back to school to get my teaching license, and so yeah, I was an art teacher um, and a coach at the time, and getting a graphic or uh, getting a degree in in leadership, uh, educational leadership.
0: So that was well, that was tough. <laughs> what was it like going from uh, graphic artwork into? Um working with kids on stick figures and primary colors.
1: You got it right. I had a sign that actually said no stick figures in my classroom. Uh, that was a, that was a big no, 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 it was interesting. You know, it was, it was fun, but it took several years to get comfortable with the classroom management piece. Um, obviously I was passionate about the concepts and the, and the subject matter. That was, that was the easy part, but um, feeling like, I had the comfort level of managing in classroom was something that took some time because not everyone was passionate about art. They, they signed up typically because they thought it was an easy, a something that they didn't need to work hard at. And so to try and try and change that mindset of a student um, took some time and, and I needed to learn those, those strategies to, Let them understand that I wasn't expecting them to be the next Van Gogh. I didn't expect them to, you know, have some art gallery that they were going to do, but I wanted them at least to appreciate and to have some skills. A lot of students just assume that, like, when you are an artist, you just were born with those skills. And, And that wasn't really the concept. It's just like anything else. If you're wanting to be a musician, you spend thousands of hours working with that instrument before you actually are are great at it and so the same thing is is said about graphics and said about art
0: so there you were teaching um art you know, no stick figures right <laughs> yes. um what was the drive to then go back and get the admin degree and then finally get out of the classroom you just didn't really you really didn't like stick figures No, I love my job. Honestly, it was a assistant principal
1: while I started coaching because actually, let me back up. When I was an art teacher, I wasn't coaching at the time. We moved from Minnesota to Texas and I really wanted to focus on just the craft of teaching because it was something new to me and I wanted to make sure I was doing a good job. It was my third year into teaching that I was asked or had the opportunity to to coach. And so um, I started coaching football, basketball and track at the time. And within three months of that position, my assistant principal tapped me on the shoulder and said, you are making a much bigger impact on the campus. I think you would be wonderful as an administrator. And so it kind of took me off guard and came back to talk to my wife just about what that would even look like and decided that that was a path that I wanted to to try out. So. A month later, I was in a master's program and starting my internship as an administrator. So it wasn't planned. (laughs) It was one of those conversations
0: that changed the trajectory of my life completely. That that really is a story about building your EDU brand. You did such a good job in all these different positions. They looked at you as a leader and said, come and do this. It is kind of interesting that, especially in education, when you're doing something really good, they pull you away from it and Mm -hmm. put you in a desk. Yes, kind of an interesting way how we go here. Um, podcaster, where did this come from? Yeah, so that's also
1: something that was not planned. I have an op. I had an opportunity to go visit Todd and in Nova Soda, Texas, when he was a principal of an elementary school. And while I was down there, he was recording a podcast with Adam. Welcome for the teach- uh, kids deserve it podcast and. I got to see the behind the scenes aspect of that and I probably asked him a thousand questions after he was done because I was just so interested in, in the concept and um, the procedure with that. And I had just finished a, a aspiring administrative program. Me and five assistant principals built it from the ground up for our district as kind of a pilot program. And it did so well that after the second year, the district took it over themselves and the, the admin um, building then facilitated that program and so i was longing to help still with aspiring leaders and so i just flippantly told todd hey i should do a podcast for aspiring leaders and he was like yeah you should and from that conversation it spawned into five months of preparation trying to decide the name the logistics all the different aspects of podcasting because as you know it's it's not easy (laughs) and so trying to figure that out to to launch and I'll be doing it, let's see, three years in May is when the aspire
0: podcast started. So you sound like most podcasters where you, you made the mistake of saying to another podcaster, (laughs) I have an idea. Should I do this? Yes. And next thing you know, you've got a second career out of this. Mm -hmm. We'll talk a little bit about that in a second. But then of course, the other mistake was you had all of these ideas and I guess it's only logical. You named your podcast. What the first idea you came up with. It was the first idea. It's amazing it how that works, right? Yeah, I, and,
1: I did throw it out to a couple of friends, um, Todd being one of them, and they all loved it. So
0: I stuck with it. And is there any other reason that Aspire happens to be? Is it because, it, you know, it, it comes first in the alphabet, um, it's at the <laughs> top of many, many top 10 lists? Is it, what, what does, let's put it this way. What does Aspire mean to you? Aspire was something, well, I'll be honest,
1: it, it, it was the most simplistic thing for me in the, in regards to aspiring leaders. Was, you know I was thinking that's what it was for. The long name is Aspire, the leadership development podcast. But aspire also it's, it''s something that you're you're wanting, right? That is your goal. that is where you want to be someday. And I figured you know that's what everybody is striving for, hopefully um, is that you're wanting to be better every single day. And so I wanted to bring on guests that would help them in their journey, wherever they were.
0: The leadership development podcast. I I spoke recently to our mutual friend, Tim Cavey about his subtitle. Mm -hmm. Um, Yours is short self-explanatory, the Leadership Development Podcast. There's many other people in our circles that do uh, administrative type, uh, but yours is very short to the point. Did did you always call it the Leadership Development Podcast? Did that come about after you started a couple episodes? Where did that come from? No,
1: I always had that in the name, Um, even when I was trying to throw it out with some different podcasters and just said, hey, do you like this idea? I just wanted to make sure that it was a concept that people understood. Like if they were landing on my podcast for the first time, they knew exactly what they were getting from any episode. And I wanted to make sure that that was within the title. There was, I didn't want them to think it was aspire for business or aspire for cooking or some other possibility. I wanted them to know exactly what the brand was about. And it is, it's for aspiring leaders. It's for those who are main, probably not in the leadership realm in education, but want to be in Um, Not to say that current leaders can't listen to it because there's a lot of current leaders that do, Um, but I wanted to make sure that the, the mission was within the title.
0: Now, today we're going to talk all about graphics, something that you've already said that you know a lot about and have done. And, you know, TeacherCast wouldn't be where it was or where it is uh, without you and your amazing graphics. But before we get to talking about that detail, let's talk a little bit about your website, um, how it is, how did it come about, all that great stuff. The .dot .com on your website, sir, is what? JoshStamper.com. And why did you choose jostamper.com versus calling it Aspire Podcast or something to that effect? Why the name, not the brand?
1: That's a great question. I just assumed that no matter what I'm doing, I wanted to make sure that people found me. Um, obviously, I do a lot of other things. I speak and I'm in the midst of writing a book. It's almost published here in a couple of months, hopefully. Um, so I just want to make sure that no matter
0: what I was doing, whatever projects that they could land and find me. And uh, if I was to describe your website, I would say blue and white. Is that a fair term? <laughs> why, why? Yes. You're, you're obviously the graphic one between the two of us. Um, why blue and white? Was there a favorite color? It means something. It just looks good in the background. Why blue and white? Yeah,
1: it, blue is just a color that I've always had for the Aspire podcast. Um, it's, it's just a consistent color that I've used. So white was the other. Um, I, I usually use white Aspire um, within that. And so I just wanted to make sure that I was consistent within the logo,
0: the graphics, and then, of course, on my website. And your website is designed where, when, and how? how what, is, what is the vehicle in which your website is created?
1: Podcast websites is who I am working with through, um, of course, it's a WordPress site, um, but I host with them and they do a wonderful job. And thankfully, Jeff Bradbury was the one to, to help me with that process and to um, you know bring me over to that wonderful company.
0: You can check that out over at teachercast.net slash PW for all things podcast websites. And, you know, I I do love the consistent branding. That's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about as we get into our graphics topics here. Um, Aspire a spire you've got mountains i'm sure that was a that was no coincidence you you've landed on this on this this foresty mountainy thing how did you find the graphic where did you come from with that and you know every time i see your branding there are those mountains um what made you get attracted to that particular image or those mountains or that kind of an image for yourself
1: Yeah, I thought Aspire, you're looking obviously for a goal. And my wife is really passionate about hiking and climbing mountains. And so we go on vacation quite often um, to mountainous regions, either in Texas or Colorado, New Mexico, um, somewhere close to where we live. And yeah, that was just something I I thought was a great image of, you know, trying to get someplace that's challenging. And so mountains is kind of something that I landed on. And I just thought it was fitting um, for
0: just the hardships that every leader has to go through within their journey. Now, today we're talking about the five ways that Josh is recommending us build our EDU brands through graphics. And, of course, you have, if you have any questions about this subject, you can reach out to Josh over at joshstamper.com. Josh, what is the first thing that we want to be thinking about when we're looking to build through graphics, when we're looking at putting some images together for our brands?
1: Yeah, I think kind of what we were just talking about, like when you're in your infancy stage of trying to decide what your brand's all about, is deciding the images or icons that represent your brand. So similar to what I did with, you know, finding mountains, that was an icon that I, well, one resonated with me, but then also resonated with the mission of, of my podcast. So Depending on what your service or product is, you know, find the images or the the items that associate with what you're trying to get across to the viewer.
0: And is there locations that you go to for background images? I mean, there's the obvious one is we'll just do a Google image search, but, you know, then there's copyright issues. Where do you go out and try to find your graphics? Because they are absolutely stunning. Well, I use a website called Pexels um, that has a royalty-free
1: for most of their images. So, um, you know, obviously you got to make sure that you're looking at each of the images and the, the copyright um, pieces there because each image is a little bit different. However, um, they have a huge bank of royalty-free images. So there's a lot of websites that do that um, where people will upload their images and then they give you the free rights to to use that within your your different graphics.
0: Now, looking through your website, I have a question about something specific on here. And so I want to start right now and ask Josh, what is the second thing that we want to think and keep in mind when we're building our brand through our graphics? Yeah, so you're going to want to create a logo,
1: um, of course. And so you're going to want to have those key concepts represented um, within your logo. And so logo design is is not easy, but um, you want to make sure that you're starting to think about your colors, um, your fonts, Um of course, the images and and things that represent, again, what you're trying to get across to, to the viewer. So that's, cool. again, I'm using mountains in, in my logo um, and
0: both the larger or the, the smaller icon logo. Well, that's where I want to stop here because I want to ask the chicken and the egg question. Did the mm-hmm. logo come before the background mountains or did you come up with the background mountains and say, I need a logo because that looks kind of cool? What was what was the what, what happened first? Well,
1: my logos changed, actually, over the years. Um, I started with one where it had a spire really large and in between the letters was filled with mountains. Um, so I think that I had that for about a year. And then I wanted to kind of switch it up because I felt like that image was not very conducive to kind of stamp on different things. And so um, I switched up my podcast image and created an actual logo. and. And Jeff, you were actually a, a big component of that, of, of sending things to you and trying to get your different ideas and concepts on that. And that's kind of where I landed with where I'm at now with my logo, but then also having a, a smaller icon, um, which is an A that's got a mountain on it also.
0: I do like the fact that your logo means different things. I mean, uh, you know, in my in my class last year, when I was teaching marketing technology, we were talking about things like the FedEx logo, the Coke mm-hmm. logo, how the they they have various things inside of here. You've got this mountain that, if you wanted to, it could be an A. Um, I love the the podcast logo. I want to ask you in a second here how this came out because. If you're looking at the Aspire podcast logo, it, there's a mountain with the words, and then there's like an under triangle, which I always look at that. And even though it's a mountain, I always think of the iceberg graphic mm-hmm. where even though you see it up on top, there's a lot more underneath and we're trying to grow. And am I reading into this or do you have some kind of subliminal message in your logo? <laughs> I wasn't trying for the subliminal, but I was also trying to get my name in there also. And so
1: um, <laughs> I was... Looking at it as, you know, it could be, you know, ice, it could be a lake, it could be kind of a metaphor for just anything that's lower, it could be a reflection. So I figured, you know, it could represent multiple things uh, within the image. Um, But honestly, I was was trying to find something that kind of completed it, but also gave me some space for my name.
0: I do like the fact that I think I mentioned this to you when we were talking about it originally of how the logo fits right in the middle of the two mountains that that's kind of that cup and chalice thing from the Da Vinci code. I've always looked at it as and it, it just seems to work and it just fits. And I think anybody that's out there, if they're looking for graphics, you know, you know what works, you know what fits, you know what's you and You know, let's stop here because we have three more things. But if somebody comes to you, Josh, and says, can you create graphics for me? Can you create a logo for me? Um, What is that process like when you work with a client, when somebody comes to you? um, When I happen to come and say, make me a logo. What is that like to be on the receiving end of those questions? And, And how do you help somebody create their own graphics and brand and mission? Yeah, I'd love having those well. One is a conversation, right? It's, it's like what we're doing right now of, you know, what
1: is your brand? What are you about? You know, kind of get some background information. Um, and then from those conversations, then having kind of a brainstorm session. And so if it's me creating the logo, it's taking those concepts from those conversations and, and building something out and sending it and, you know, kind of going from there. It's, it's not just, um, it's not as simple as point A to point B. It's really um, a little more complex than that. I mean, even just me and you, Jeff, having those conversations about the the different images for your podcast, you know, there were five, six different designs that were sent back and forth of, Hey, I like this concept. I like, you know, A, B, and C, but can you change D? And so, you know, having those Consistent conversations of what works and what doesn't and then, you know, landing on a final product that everyone's happy with. And that's that's the main goal is finding something that is going to um, be long lasting, not something that you look at, at for a couple months and say, no, I don't like that anymore. It doesn't work for me.
0: One of the things that I know we've spoken about and, and I, I firmly believe in a website is you should have an iconic looking website logo. But you should have multiple of those. And that's a hard thing to think about. But if you look at your own site, you have the words Aspire. That's your rectangle. Then you have the podcast logo, which is a square. And then you've got the A. They all are the same exact thing. It's not like the McDonald's arches where it's the same exact thing. But you can look at each of those and I can see Josh in each of those different things. That couldn't have happened by coincidence. You designed it all that way
1: yes yeah, so i wanted to make sure i was consistent in everything i did and and it's again it's working more about the brand than a specific one logo you know you have to think of everything that you produce is within the same concept of the brand and so you you know that's kind of like the third thing i was talking about is you know you need to stay consistent with the same colors the schemes the fonts the logos the images like all of it has to stay the same and not to say that you have to use the same font in every single thing. But I have a group of like five different fonts that I, I stay They're They're like my home fonts, um, that I use and the color schemes, you know, I, I stay within those color schemes as much as I can. Um, when it's has to do with the logo and, um, not to say that every image has the exact same colors, but if you're on my website, you can definitely see in every page. I'm, I'm very consistent with, with the color scheme.
0: Well, let's stop there because this is usually where people start to have their head spin because there's a lot of options. Now, you just said that you've got five basic fonts. Are you saying that you have five fonts for your website? Or if I gave you a project and somebody else gave you, you've got five fonts that look good and they work together and you're going to basically know like that. Those are Josh's fonts. He uses them all. How does somebody who's just starting out figure out what fonts are good what fonts are bad what fonts go with what um give us the font conversation oh goodness
1: yeah so yeah i got, time. I got all <laughs> the time
0: right now <laughs> the
1: that's the rabbit hole right i mean if you want you if you search just fonts in general you can find packages of thousands and thousands of font and it it will make your head spin so Yes, I found my five fonts from the, you know, 500 different fonts that are in Photoshop. Photoshop is an application that I use for all of my, my designs and graphics. And that's something I've used since college. So Photoshop is not for everyone. It's, it's a pretty advanced application. Um, however, that's what I'm most comfortable with. And so within those package of fonts, then I just chose five that I, that worked within, um, again, my, my logo and, and my website. And so for that, like I try and tell everybody, like, for instance, if let's say you're a, a rafting company and you're looking for something that's um, like a logo and some fonts, well, obviously you're probably going to want something that's wild and courageous and has some movement within the font. If you had like solid black or I'm sorry, solid um, block lettering that that doesn't really say white water rafting to me as far as a viewer. It it contradicts itself. So a lot of times I, I tell people like, try and find a font that that correlates as much as possible um, to the product or the service that you're representing. So I know that's a lot usually it's harder than <laughs> it seems because you have so many different options. But again, I just would ask anyone to look at font almost like an image versus just some lettering
0: you're on a deserted island you can only take 3 fonts with you finish that sentence i would
1: <laughs> i would say that you're going to want to take a bold a thin, and a medium font.
0: I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> a thick, a medium, and a thin font. Okay. So n- no, no dingbats or no wingdings? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Something um, that's legible and, and gives you some variety. So whatever that font may be. Is it supposed to be hard or you've done this and so this is easy? I mean, I get stuck at do I want a Microsoft font or a Google font? And then you realize that you know Photoshop has one of those mm-hmm. two, Canva brand. probably has the other one. Mm-hmm. And 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 how, you know, if you are starting off your brand Do you really have to ask yourself where your digital hard drive is before you figure out the official font? Because if you're running in Teams, you're going to have Microsoft fonts to play with. And if you're running in Drive, you're going to have Google fonts. Should that really determine what your logo looks like? I always think of
1: the application first. So wherever you're creating your your graphics is where you're probably going to want to find your fonts. So like for instance if you're in Canva and you're most comfortable Canva and a lot of people are because a lot of times they have things already built within like templates in Canva and so like if you're a starter most people that's where they tend to go and so I would say that's where you're going to want to find your fonts Um, if you're building it in some other application then I would also say that's probably where you want to consistently find your fonts and then you know For instance, for me, if I'm going to use a Canva application then I'm going to want to try and font that's similar to what I'm building in Photoshop, or I can just save what I have in Photoshop and make that something that I can pull into Canva.
0: I certainly hope this conversation is as riveting to other people as it is to me. I'm talking about fonts and all that great (laughs) stuff, but there's two more things here we're going to talk about. Josh, what is the number four thing we want to be thinking about when building our brand through our graphics? Well, similar to what I was just talking
1: about, like find the thing that you're comfortable with as far as your application. Find something that you are comfortable with. Not to say that you have to stay there forever, but if you are comfortable with Photoshop, then uh, by all means, stay there. Illustrator or Canva, or I mean, there's a whole host of different Applications that you can use for graphics, but uh, I want you to be comfortable because it's the worst feeling ever is trying a new program and getting frustrated within 30 seconds and then never wanting to open that up again. So um, make sure that whatever you're using for your graphics, for your logo, that you are just staying
0: consistent with it and that you're feeling comfortable with that application. I I think it's the single most horrible feeling in graphic design where you create something, let's just say in Photoshop or you're given something in Photoshop by somebody and you have to do something on your own and you're trying to recreate the Photoshop image exactly in a different, you know, in Canva or in PowerPoint or something. Those are moments of panic for any (laughs) entrepreneur. I would agree. That's not a fun,
1: not a fun project because there's so many different, things that can be done in Photoshop that can't be done in those other applications, especially PowerPoint.
0: Now, before we get to the last one, um, Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about some of the other graphic work that you've done. We've talked about your great website over at joshstamper.com. But in addition to that, you are also a part of a team, aren't you? Yeah, I am. I'm part of the Teach Better team. So I
1: also get to do graphics for them. And I get to do graphics for not only the website, some of the other things, but the podcast network, and then also in their swag store.
0: And talk to us a little bit about Teach Better. We're looking forward to uh, to learning more about Teach Better as we go. We're going to be doing an up uh, an, an episode coming up in the next few weeks with Jeff Gargas and perhaps uh, his team members. But mm-hmm. but what is Teach Better? What is the Teach Better podcast network? How'd you guys get connected and hooked up and all that great stuff?
1: Yeah. So two years ago, I had an opportunity to go to the Teach Better team conference in Ohio and I got to speak. And then also I was on the podcast row with the Aspire podcast and had an opportunity to interview a ton of different speakers that were there. And um, through that experience, I just had a really good relationship, you know, since then with the team. And from there, I, myself and Jeff Gargas have been doing an Aspire mailbag. So we've been asking different um, aspiring leaders for questions and then we answer that and we do that probably once a month. So we've been doing that for, probably over a year now, uh, probably a year and a half. And yeah, my, I just had a, a great time with them um, about six months ago. And they asked if I would be the podcast manager for their new network. And so what we've been doing is um, just signing a bunch of different podcasts. We're up to 21 podcasts now. Um, that are associated with the Teach Better team, and just growing like crazy. And I like to think of the network of kind of like a buffet for the educational space. So no matter where you are in your journey, you're able to go there and find something that's going to help you um, as an educator.
0: You know, Teach Better is doing some pretty neat things out there. I'm starting to see a lot of the Teach Better ambassador graphics yeah. going around. Um, and of course, if you go to Teach Better's website, everything is on brand everything is on par great Mm -hmm. color scheme um great graphics great swag all that good stuff um they got you busy over there don't they
1: (laughs) yes they do uh talk about having lots of things to do uh, yeah between uh being an admin the aspire podcast and of course the teach better team
0: it's a lot of fun but yes very busy So you and I have a few things in common and I haven't mentioned this on the show yet, but you and I both are now um, writing a book. Uh, You're a few months ahead of me, but uh, we are both writing a book with our friend Sarah over at EduMatch. Yes. Um, Tell us a little bit about this book that's coming up. Obviously we'd like to have you guys, you know, have you back on when, when the thing launches, but uh, talk to us a little bit about what we can be looking forward to in the future from you.
1: Of course. So aspire to lead is the book and it's, Kind of what we were talking about with the podcast. It was kind of built from my experience of podcasting and with all the amazing guests that I had. But I just felt like I want to have a, a memoir of kind of my journey and try and instill some wisdom for those who might be going through the same pitfalls that I did. Obviously, when you go from a teacher to an assistant principal, there are There are a lot of things to learn and there's a lot of mistakes that happen and so i really just kind of go through that and use aspire as just an acronym to to help
0: those who are trying to become a leader i'm looking forward to reading that i'm starting my journey right now i've been writing about a chapter every two days trying to get through this thing and looking forward to seeing your book launch and looking forward to helping everybody else's and you know as we're coming through here and we're rounding around this this conversation about you know graphics, branding, there is one more thing mm-hmm. that you want to share with us. What is that fifth thing that we want to be thinking about with our graphics? It sounds so easy and yet I see so many people missing it.
1: Yeah. And the last one is just make sure you place your logo on all your graphics. <laughs> There's so many times that someone will create something and, and it could be absolutely fabulous, but they, they do not put their logo on it and they... Don't give anyone any idea of who the creator is and that's so important with graphics especially in the social media age um, where things are shared constantly and so you know whenever you have something that might be of interest in the educational space or in the business space you want to make sure that when it's shared that your logo and your icon is recognizable
0: and can be shared up and and seen by many what do you mean by that i've seen graphics um, where the person's logo is artistically in the middle of this somewhere. Um, and then I've seen logos, like <clears throat> my, my own, where you just smack <laughs> that, that apple right in the middle or right on the side or the corner and, mm-hmm. and wherever it happens to lie. I yeah. try to keep the apple in the same spot every single time, <clears throat> templates. What's your thoughts on all this stuff?
1: I don't know if it needs to be in the exact same place, but I mean... There's nothing wrong with that either. I just think the main thing is you need to have it somewhere so that, again, it's it's about building a brand. You want to you want people to see it as much as possible, and they want to make sure uh, you need to make sure that they're recognizing that it's it's you. (laughs) So you want to make sure that you have it on every single thing that you produce, and especially something that you know if you're putting on Instagram stories, or if you're you know putting on Facebook, and again, if it's being shared on Twitter, whatever it may be. You want to make sure that it's visible so you need to make sure that you understand the the dimensions of the social media application also so for instance if i have an instagram post and i put that and i post it on twitter the dimensions are different and if i have that in the bottom right corner and that's where my logo is it's not going to be seen in the post (laughs) so it could be shared out a ton but unless they actually click on the image and open it up to see the entire image then only will they see the logo. So again, you need to make sure that you're looking at the dimensions of your social media application. So that might have something to do with the placement of your logo. (laughs) Um, You know, if you're doing an Instagram post and you're going to use it for multiple um, social media applications, then, you know, you're going to want to put it in the middle because then Twitter will see it. Instagram will see it. LinkedIn will see it. So you just need to be aware of the dimensions. That's,
0: again, something that's forgotten even by myself sometimes. So in review here, we have, number one, decide what images are going to be representing of yours. Create a logo whose key concepts represent the service and the product. Stay consistent with your color schemes, fonts, logos, images. Create your graphics on an application that you're comfortable with. And then finally, place your logo on all the graphics. But Josh, I got to say, that sounds way too easy. (laughs) I remember clearly 10 years ago um sitting there at 1 30 in the morning the word teacher cast came and all i knew was i wanted an apple with a mortarboard and i put these things together and slapped a big tc with italic font and i said that's me baby here i come i didn't know what it was good, what i was doing and over the last 10 years it's evolved a little bit mm-hmm. um I still don't know what I'm doing, but talk to those people that are out there that are looking at this for the first time. Maybe they have a, their own logo that they want to evolve. Is it mm-hmm. is it easier for you to start and create something or in, in my case with you? Here's what I got. Now take it to the next step. Um, talk to that new person out there that's just sitting there looking at their canvas screen today going. Ah, what do I do?
1: Well, I always think it's a little bit easier to take someone's original concept and to morph it to what they want it to be, because at least it's something to start with. I think that's always easier than starting with a blank canvas. But I will also say that for those who are thinking they have to have a winning design from day one, that it's okay for things to evolve. If you look at, you said McDonald's earlier. If you look at the 1950s McDonald's versus the McDonald's logo now you'll notice that there's differences and that that goes for any icon that you can think of Um, slogans you know music all of that changes over time for every brand and so you will notice though that there's consistency (laughs) the golden arches are have always been the golden arches um, and that's that's how we know them right Um, even though their graphic and their logo has changed over time so i just want everyone to understand that even though your graphic you may not be happy with that it's it can and should evolve over time. I mean, that's just with any company with any product. And so um, I just want to give any listener right now that's that's thinking they have to have something that's amazing from day one. That's that's not the case. But to answer your question. Yeah, it's, it's much easier to take someone's creation and to morph it to maybe something that's a little bit better.
0: The website is joshstamper.com, and of course, you can check out the Aspire, the leadership development podcast on all of the great platforms here from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, you name it. He is on there. His name is Josh Stamper. Josh Thank you so much for uh, for coming on today, sharing a little bit about this. I'm looking forward to working with you on the future book as we put it all together. And uh, good luck with yours. And, you. Um, you know, please invite yourself at any time. And I look forward to also working with you and the Teach Better team in the future. Can't wait, Jeff. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. And we want to say thank you guys out there for checking this out and listening to this. And I hope that something that we've talked today is going to help you guys build your EDU brand. Don't forget to check out everything at buildyouredubrand.com for more information. Follow me on Twitter at Jeff Bradbury. And of course, all the great stuff over at the TeacherCast Educational Network is yours 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And that wraps up this episode of the Jeff Bradbury Show on behalf of Josh and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms